Welcome to the Invest Smarter Podcast, where you'll learn about the power of building wealth through real estate and how you can achieve financial freedom through multifamily investing. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com, and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. Now, here's our host, Simon Castillo. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Invest Smarter Podcast, and I'm your host, Simon Castillo, and this is your source for real estate investing education and to help you become a smarter investor. And what we're going to talk about today is what I think are some some of the more common mistakes that um, new investors can make, especially when you're investing passively into real estate syndications, which is a fantastic way to build wealth. But there are pitfalls and mistakes that rookie investors can make. And I'm going to talk about three of the most common mistakes that you want to make sure you avoid as a new passive investor. Now, as I said, you know, this, this podcast really is dedicated to providing you with education and ideas about investing in real estate. And one of the things that, I, that is especially important when you're starting off uh, investing in real estate, and maybe even investing in anything, um, is to get educated. And the way to get educated, I mean, there's tons of ways, right? I mean, you, you, can, you can certainly use the internet. Uh, you can find podcasts like this one. You can read books. But I think the best way really is to be around people who are doing the types of things that you want to do as well. And when you're around those people, you can bounce ideas off them. You can have you know, real conversations with them. You can find out from them what they are doing in real life and maybe not just in, in uh, theory as you know, maybe some uh, blogs and, and, and books and things of that nature may, may just be theory. You'll, you'll find out you know, real world examples of what people uh, are doing. And those real world examples, I think many times can also open up to you being able to learn from other people's mistakes and that can be, you know, fortunate or un- unfortunate, depending on, on what the nature of the mistake is. But as as real estate investors, it's it's really it's a matter of time uh, before we run into some situation, some deal, you know, that maybe goes south, and and maybe you lose a little bit of money on it. But the the whole key to investing is to mitigate um, those situations and to learn from those situations. So again, one of the biggest advantages of being around people is going to be learning from those mistakes that those people have made um, that can set them back or maybe did set them back. But if you are able to learn from them, you can avoid those types of setbacks. And you know, I think that that's, that's so valuable. And literally when I got started uh, investing in real estate um, and specifically investing in syndications, you know, it, it came, you know, going, attending a, a meetup and having someone stand up and, and talk about their experience. And then, you know, naturally I was drawn to that person, had a conversation with them. And then we talked about the mistakes that they made. And I asked him, you know, how long did it take you to, to get to a point where, where you are today, you know, considering that you made some mistakes along the way. And he said it took him five years. And I, I told him, well, I want to do it in three and I want to be able to learn from your mistakes and not make them and thereby accelerate, you know, my learning curve 
And that's the power of being around people is you're able to accelerate your learning curve based off of their knowledge, um, their mistakes, and as well as their successes, right? Because you can learn uh, just as much from someone's success as well. One of the things that you want to avoid uh, when you're investing in, in, in anything really, but specifically real estate, you, you never want to be doing this, you know, trial and error method um, because that will cost you time. And, and just as importantly, it will cost you money. And if you know, you know, Warren Buffett's rules of investing, uh, rule number one is to never lose money. And rule number two is never forget about rule number one. So um, again, learn from other people's mistakes. And especially, especially when you're starting out, uh, I think it's very important to surround yourself with people who are like-minded and doing the types of things that you want to be doing. So what are the three, uh, what are the three things that uh, as, as a new investor in syndications, or maybe you're just new to real estate in general, what are the three things that you can do uh, to help avoid making these kinds of mistakes? And I, I think I've, I've been pretty, um, pretty good at alluding to the first one. The first one is, is to network. You have to get out there and build your network. Um, and networking is such a such a crucial part to to real estate, and and real estate is one of those. If you have to you have to think of real estate as a business, but when it comes to people in real estate, it's it's all about relationships. So when you're out there and you're networking, you're building you're, you're building relationships, and these are the these are the people that you will uh, later on bounce ideas off of, ask them questions, share your stories. They will share their stories with you. Uh, and then you you really tend to form a, a community when you network. You know, get out to meetups. Uh, most most of the time, meetups are, are free. You can you can go. You can network, meet people. Um, but that is such a such a valuable way um, to to help you get started. And also, uh, even if you're a veteran investor, to continue to build your network and continue to meet people who are doing things that you want to do. You know, at some point. And don't worry uh, about if you're if you're an introvert. I'm an introvert, and even I can 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 go to a meetup. And you know, my form of networking is not to is not to get there and, and try to shake every single person's hand in the room, but really my my focus is to to get there and to focus on having maybe two or three really good quality conversations uh, with people. And that's that's how I uh, get over my introvertedness is by focusing on relationships, meeting people, you know, having quality conversations, understanding what they're looking for so they can understand what I'm looking for, and then finding a way for us to mutually benefit uh, each other. And that's really what network networking is all about, is having those conversations and building those relationships. It makes, it, it makes no sense, and it's a waste of time to go to networking events where you just walk around the room and shake everyone's hands and have really superficial conversations where there's no uh, there's no sense of uh, relationship that's being built. There's no sense of understanding of what the what the person you're talking to needs, um, and and likewise they won't understand anything about what you're there to to accomplish. So with that said, I think networking is is so key to being successful as a passive investor uh, in real estate because there there's so many deals out there and there's so many operators of those deals out there. There, and, and, and a lot of the deals are going to be great. A lot of the operators are going to be great, but there's going to be so many bad ones out there um, that you really need to know 
And you really need to have that network of people that you can bounce ideas off of, ask questions, um, so that you're not doing this by trial and error. And like I mentioned, there's there's so many deals out there that this is not a competition. People aren't trying to keep secrets, um, you know, about deals. You're not trying to hoard deals because there's there's more than enough for everyone to uh, to share. And I, and I found that the real estate community is actually very very helpful uh, to one another especially when people are out there and networking and trying to, you know, build mutually benefit beneficial relationships. There's all types of networking communities out there um, in real estate. There's uh, people who, who do multifamily syndications, all different types. Uh, there's people who are out there just buying single family homes, flipping landlords, you know, all those types of things. Um, and each group is, has its own benefits, has its own type of people that attend so it, it may take you going to a few of these meetups before you find one that really fits the type of profile of what you're looking to do. And that's okay. Because like I said, if you're focused on building relationships, then uh, no matter you know how many of these meetups you attend, hopefully you will you will come out ahead. And if you can if you can do that and you can build a network of people that are like-minded and laser focused on what they want to accomplish. Uh, then yeah, I think that that will make you 10 times a better investor than you are today. So the second lesson that I would that I would pass on um, that will that I think will hopefully save you, you know, from making any mistakes, uh, losing time or money is to know the operator um, of every uh, syndication deal um, that that you might analyze. And I, I don't mean just, you know, I don't mean just meet the operator and 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 get to know them that way. I mean, really kind of understand who are the different players on a, on a deal. And what I mean by that is there's typically going to be about three or four people in a syndication with uh, different roles. Uh, one will be probably a lead sponsor, probably the person that found the deal, uh, maybe put up some of the risk capital. Um, there's probably probably going to be a co-sponsor. Uh, they might, they may be the one doing the asset management on the deal, and the asset management is the ongoing management of the asset uh, once the once a property has closed. Uh, but you'll want to understand what the roles are of the different people that are on the deal, the different uh, general partners. There's probably going to be um, a couple of people that are bringing uh, capital to the to the deal, um, so their role may be limited in terms of what they're doing in terms of the day-to-day -day operations of the property. But you want to understand that because who are you talking to? Who's bringing the deal to you? Is it one of the capital people? Is it one of the sponsors? You want to know that because, um, you know, you're talking about a five-year or more investment. That's a long time to be invested in a partnership um, where you don't really understand the role of all the different people um, that are running the, the, the deal for you. And I think, you know, I think this is important because, again, if you're talking to someone who's bringing just capital to the deal and they don't really have a lot of say in the day to day management of the property. So maybe they don't have a say in terms of how the units are, uh, how the apartment units are being renovated. Um, maybe they don't have a say in, in the property management uh, that's present at the at the at the apartment complex. So if they're not actually running or helping to run the asset, you need to know that because you want to be able to talk to who is, is it the sponsor or co-sponsor, you know, who is going to be the day-to-day -day asset manager of that property. And you want to understand and ask them the questions 
uh, about their business plan. You know, what is it about that property um, that re that really excites them? Uh, what is it about that property and that location, that city, um, that state that really excites them as as a place to uh, invest in in uh, apartment buildings? So again, when I say that you should vet the sponsor, you should not only vet the sponsor, but you should also vet who's running the property management. Now, typically you will have an asset manager who uh, basically is a manager of the property manager, but there will be a property management company typically in most uh, syndications that's going to be hired, third-party management company um, that will be doing the day-to-day -day operations at the property. They will be doing the leasing, they will be handling the vacancies. They will be handling the evictions, uh, the maintenance, and uh, all those different things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not a bad idea to know who the property management company is, know uh, what their reputation is like, what kind of properties do they manage um, in, in that location or in that city, who else are they managing properties for, uh, and in and, and, and what locations do they do business in? Or do they specialize in that city, in that location, in that property type? Uh, but those are the types of questions and things that you want to look for and ask for um, when you are vetting a sponsor. So vet the sponsor, vet the co-sponsors, the other general partners, and then also um, take a look at who the property management company is because they will be the ones that are on site daily at the property and they will be the ones that are on-site daily dealing with all of the problems. And I think it's very important um, as you talk to the property manager uh, that you get, get down to a granular level, um, talk to the operator, talk to the property manager so that you don't assume uh, that you understand you know, who's running, who's responsible for what in this, uh, in this uh, potential deal that you're looking at. You know, this, this brings to mind another analogy um, that, that I hear a lot in terms of uh, these multifamily syndication deals. And that is you, you're always better off betting on the jockey and not on the horse. And that's similar to what we're, we're, we're talking about. Um, it, it is kind of a cliche-ish thing to say, but uh, I, I've seen really good operators turn a bad deal around into a, into a good deal. And then I've seen bad operators that can turn a really great deal, you know, around into a, into a bad deal. So the strength of the uh, sponsorship team, the general partners, uh, that goes a long way into determining how successful a potential deal will be. And I can't understate it enough how important it is to get to know uh, and vet the sponsors, you know, all the way down to the property management level. And that'll bring me to the third, uh, the third thing that as a passive investor, uh, you should look for uh, to avoid making mistakes and potentially losing any money. And that's you have to pay attention to the debt structure on the deal and what the capital stack is. Um, if you've been following real estate news, you, you may have heard that there's there's been uh, capital calls made uh, recently, even some foreclosures on some complexes. Um, and that's, that's, that's what can happen. That's one of the risks that even I, when I first started, was unaware of. And, you know, one of the culprits um, here recently uh, is the bridge debt that has been taken out on so many properties uh, over the last few years. So bridge debt has become a popular way to acquire um, multifamily uh, buildings uh, because it, it carries an, an initial low interest rate, but it's a variable interest rate so that it can rise or fall depending on what interest rates are doing. And of course, unfortunately in the last year, 
um, interest rates have just risen and they've risen so quickly uh, that these variable rate loans, their interest rate had interest rates have skyrocketed. And so, you know, a lot of these operators are uh, got caught up and and unfortunately they were doing these value add deals and because of the higher interest rates that they're in and, and you know, maybe they had a rate cap and maybe they didn't. And a rate cap in, in simple terms is just a, a way to hedge against rising uh, interest rates. So it helps pr protect you as an investor against uh, rising interest rates. Now, smart operators, you know, bought rate caps to protect themselves, but rate, rate caps typically expire after a year or two. Uh, but some operators didn't. Uh, some operators went, uh, you know, went and bought properties with bridge debt, with variable rate debt, and didn't have a rate cap. So in either case, if they had a rate cap and it's expiring, or they didn't have a rate cap, uh, these properties are, are probably having to, to look to refinance or to sell. Uh, and it's an unfortunate that some of them won't be able to. Um, and if that is the case, and there's a potential that some investors may lose you know, some of their principal. So this is definitely something that I think you as an investor want to make sure uh, you look at when you are talking to a sponsor about a potential deal. Understand the type of debt that they're taking uh, and the risks associated with that debt. Um, there's, I'm not saying that variable rate debt is is terrible and, and you never want to do a deal with variable variable rate debt because that's not the case. I mean, there are there are opportunities where variable rate debt may make the most sense. But right now in the environment that we're in with potentially higher interest rates going into next year, you definitely want to have deals in front of you uh, that have a fixed rate component to them uh, to protect against these rising interest rates. And again, this is not something that that uh, rookie or or new investors. It's not a mistake that that only a few people make. Uh, but I and and I'm guilty of this too. Uh, you know, some of my initial deals, I did not dig into the debt structure or the capital stack at all. Um, and and you know, and for a large part, I was pretty I was pretty lucky. But you know, as 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 new investors, I think it's just important for you to really dig deeper into the documents that these, these operators will, will show you uh, and really understand uh, what potential impacts, you know, interest rates can have on the, on the debt structure. Uh, is it a fixed rate? Is it a variable rate? When does a variable rate uh, reset? And if it's fixed, how long is it fixed for? Um, just, because it, just because a rate says it's fixed, doesn't mean it's fixed for the entirety of the loan. It could be fixed for 12 months. Um, and then reset after 12 months, um, or it could be it could be fixed for a number of years. So make sure you understand what the debt structure is, and um, definitely want to make sure that that is something that you have a conversation with uh, with the sponsor about. Now, if you can do these three things, if you do if you do networking, and you build a network around you of people that you can bounce ideas off of, you can ask questions. If you vet the sponsor. Uh, not just the sponsor, if you vet the sponsors of a deal, lead sponsors, co-sponsors, you know, capital raisers, you vet them all. If you pay attention to the debt structure, those three things will go a long, long way into helping to make sure uh, that you are a smarter investor uh, and help to make sure that you are taking the right steps to avoid, you know, uh, making any serious mistakes with your, with your, with your capital. Now, that doesn't mean that every single time you do a deal, 
uh, you have to do all the things that I, that I mentioned, because really what the goal is, is eventually you'll probably narrow it down to a couple of operators that you are really comfortable with. You get to know, you know, their process, uh, you know, the things that they, they look for in deals, you know, the type of debt that they do uh, with their deals and they become part of your network. Uh, and when that happens, uh, maybe you don't have to do all of the due diligence um, that you had to do initially when you started off as, a, as an investor. You become comfortable with them. Um, not saying that you don't do any due diligence, but um, you know, at some point when they, you know, they will become part of part of your network because, like I said, these are partnerships, and they're long-term partnerships, and that's the way that you should view it. And when they become part of your network you know, they also become a resource where you can then go to them and ask them questions and bounce ideas off of them. And even with all this, we're, we're all still going to make mistakes, but hopefully if you, if you take the, if you take the steps that we've talked about here uh, and not just these steps, but these are, I think are, are three of the more important ones, but if you can do, if you can do these things uh, and then, you know, throw in additional mitigations that you come up with on your own, I think that goes a huge, huge, long way into making sure that as an investor, uh, you'll come out ahead, you know, in the end, um, investing in, in real estate and real estate syndications. Now, the last thing I'll say is that, you know, the, the benefit of having the people around you, again, um, if a new operator comes to you with a deal, you know, and you can you can take that out to your network and ask people, hey, have you heard of this person? Has this person ever have you ever invested with this person? And if 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 you have an engaged group of people around you and no one knows who this person is, well, maybe that's telling you that right now is not the right time to invest with them. They may they may be or they may turn out to be the next great, you know, general uh, partner or sponsor uh, on a deal. But maybe right now is not the time to invest with them. Maybe you want to keep an eye on them and see how they do, you know, with, with this deal um, and, and get to know them. Um, like I said, there's so many deals out there. Uh, one of the last things you want to have as a real estate investor is, you know, fear of missing out. Uh, don't worry. There's going to be other deals. Uh, other deals will come across your desk and you'll be able to analyze them. And as you, the more you analyze, the smarter you'll get the better you'll get it at, at picking out, um, you know, great deals. So uh, again, don't worry about um, uh, passing on an opportunity because there will be other ones that will come along. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Invest Smarter Podcast. I want to thank you again for listening. Just remember the three things that we talked about today, the three, the three ways to avoid mistakes as a, as a, as a passive investor, build your network, get around the right people, vet the sponsors and understand the debt structure on deals. Do those three things and you'll be a much smarter investor. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the Invest Smarter Podcast, the show that educates you so that you can take control of your financial future. Be sure to rate the show five stars and leave us a review. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you automatically receive the newest edition of the podcast when it's released. If you're interested in learning more about investing in multifamily real estate and taking control of your financial future, head over to our website, sastexascapital.com and take advantage of our free ebook, Multifamily Millions, How Anyone Can Invest in Apartment Buildings. 
and be sure to sign up for our mailing list to receive exclusive investment opportunities straight to your inbox. It's time to invest smarter. That's sastexascapital.com.